It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome to hour number two of Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB in Atlanta. Thank you so much for being with me. I know you're cooped up. I know things are a little bit different right now, but hopefully providing you with the news and entertainment you want throughout the weekend here on WSB. So listeners to the show now, you know by now, hour two starts with Celebrity Gardener. I've got someone really special with me today, all the way from New York, Brian Kilmeade of Fox News, Fox and Friends. You know, the Brian Kilmeade show is heard right here on WSB radio. Hey, Brian. What's going on? Hunker down, sheltered in place, and I'm sure you're still kind of going back and forth with work. You're staying busy, almost like, I mean, your normal schedule, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I don't go to Manhattan. I only go 20 minutes from my house. I try to stay on Long Island uh, because they don't, they don't feel it's a good environment right now for us, but I'm perfectly willing to go in. They just decided three weeks ago to either give people a home studio or find a studio close. And my home studio would not have worked out. I have two big dogs that never stop barking and to be up at 2.30 in the morning um, with my whole family back now would be crazy. The rest of the family certainly doesn't appreciate our early hours. I know I'm up at 4 a.m. You know to be on the air at 4.30, so you're absolutely right. Well, what is your family doing differently? I know you stay busy with the kids. You've got a couple that are in sports, right? So obviously they've got some downtime now. Yeah, it's totally different. I mean, you have um, I have uh, one in high school, uh, one in the real world, one in college, freshman in college, so she came back. They both play soccer. One wants to play soccer in college, one is. And they were supposed to have a spring season. But like all those sports teams, what they're going to do, the spring sport athletes, whether you're Division One, Division Three, uh, you're done. I mean, especially if you're a senior. You, this is the year, you know, your last year, if you're a senior in high school or junior in high school, you lost your key recruiting years. I don't know what college is going to do. I don't know what high school is going to do for my for my house. And, you know, pretty much just us because everyone wants to make sure we flatten this curve and get it done with. Right. Well, I hope one of the positive things, though, Brian, too, with your with your daughters being older, I mean, this is really family time that you may never have such a good opportunity to, to spend, you know, such engaged time with the family as we are now. And you mentioned soccer and the spring sports and baseball, too. Are you guys baseball fans? Do you all ever go to Yankees or Mets games? Yeah, I mean, baseball and, uh, you know, basketball was finishing up and then, you know, baseball about to start and you got the draft, which is great. I mean, I used to do sports, so I definitely have an ear and eye for it. So it's the whole rhythm of the area. What's crazy is that a lot of times if you have time, you go, well, at least I go watch sports. You really can't. And if you're on a sports channel, there is nothing going on. I watched, uh, they watched, they were doing axe throwing the other night on television and it wasn't even live (laughs) and the most shocked people in the world were the people who were after throwing an axe were approached by someone with a microphone who asked him what made you want to throw an axe why are you here they don't have agents or managers they're not used to media publicity and interviews right (laughs) uh you know soon they will no absolutely uh, yeah they'll be sponsored and everything sure so you as a sports fan i gotta say i saw earlier in the week you interviewed cal ripkin jr a retired player from the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, my gosh. I remember where I was with his, and I, I think I'm right, 2,131st consecutive game. I remember watching that, staying up late on TV. So you're a sports guy. That was a huge interview. That was great. Yeah, I mean, he's a good guy. He's low-key. His brother's got the great personality. He had the legendary career, and he's just a great person. And he is somebody that got on social media just for this reason. He wanted to contribute to Feed America he saw those huge lines, as we've all have seen, people waiting for food that never even you know thought they had a great job three weeks ago. 
And they say, well, how do I help out? And they said, maybe I'm going to use this as an excuse to get on social media. So he's going on Facebook and Twitter. He actually logged on for the first time. Now he's got tens of thousands of followers, and he's got $700,000 in six hours. And he's able to turn around that money and give it right to Feed America, who is providing all that food for which you have these food banks, which usually have a demand. But now you have middle class and working class demand, and they, they are not prepared for that. That was, I mean, it's amazing. He had the foresight and the passion to, to, to use social media and the avenue that he did. So yeah, Strike Out Hunger, I, I saw your interview with him earlier in the week, and I thought that was, that was just fantastic. Now, speaking about the Kilmeade family, have you ever grown the food that you eat? <laughs> no. I, uh, as a kid, I, I focused on, uh, we, as a family, tomatoes, and we didn't get them until late October, and that is freezing, and then we'd get one red tomato, we'd get impatient, we'd put them by the window because we heard that would ripen them. Yeah. And then we'd eat them. And by the time we had them, we could not be more disappointed. Oh, no, that's a long time to wait to be disappointed. Yeah. You know, you said you're not much of a gardener, but you have had the opportunity with your job and with the books you've written and the latest that you and I, you know, met each other back in December and you were able to promote here in the Atlanta area, Sam Houston and the Alamo Avengers. You've gotten to travel and you got to hopefully travel a bit and promote the book before March when everything started falling apart. But what are your favorite parts of the country? I mean, I'm usually going to destinations, which are pretty cool. I do 21 features on uh, Fox Nation, What Made America Great. So I'm going to these incredible places. My, and sometimes I almost feel like a presidential candidate. There'll be three or four events in one day. Uh, I just think it's uh, the historical sites really stick out. I think normally the country, how much space there is. So until you really travel, you know, you think everyone's packed in like they are in Atlanta. I mean, your traffic is terrible. Our traffic is terrible. <laughs> yep. uh, we think that everybody's packed in. The country's full. But you'd be surprised how much space there is and how many lives are living insulated than of all the things that we uh, have our lives consumed with. And it seems like they feel like they have everything. It's like it's amazing the diversity of people and the needs in which they view themselves as needing and what they don't and where you set your sights. Uh, you get to know Fox fans. They're not in New York and Los Angeles. They are really uh, down south by you, and they're in the Midwest and, and in Texas and in Florida. And you just see, like, you, you see a part of America, but we hear from them, and they actually change elections, but they're so often ignored. It's amazing, you and I being in this business, too. We're almost in an echo chamber sometimes. So, you know, be, you being in New York and me being in Atlanta, you are. You're around people very similar to you. But then when you get to actually go out and talk to our audience and your, our viewers and our listeners, it makes it feel so worthwhile that you're making a difference with the, the things you deliver and the information you share. You're making a difference to someone who lives in the corner of Kansas. Yeah, who who actually wants a rounded view on what's going on in the world. I'd like to think so, too. I absolutely think you're right. Well, before we go, I did want to give you an opportunity to tell folks you were such a big part of Clark's Christmas Kids this past December, and hopefully some of our listeners got to meet you when you were in Atlanta, but promoting the book Sam Houston and the Alamo Avengers, that's still got you pretty busy these days, doesn't it? Yeah, well, the paperback comes out the middle of May. I don't know what that's going to be like, to be honest, because who knows where we're going to be traveling, what events actually could be done, but middle of May is a long time. Um, we'll see, add an extra chapter to it. You're such a good person and such a good talent for us, for WSB, to be able to lean on, and we so appreciate what you do for our community, too. And like you said, we'll see at what comes the summertime, but we're planning our Carathon for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, and you were a big part of that last year as well. So hopefully by the end of July, Brian, we will be talking again. Oh, that would be great. Best of luck. 
I so appreciate Brian Kilmeade, Fox News host, joining me as the Celebrity Gardener next weekend. If you're a baseball fan, you definitely want to tune in. At the same time, next Saturday, I'm not even going to tell you who it is. I'm just so excited. I, I want to tell you really badly, but I can't. 404-872-0750. Great calls. And coming up, I want you to go ahead and start heating up the phone lines. 404-872-0750. Clint Waltz is going to join us from the University of Georgia Extension Agent, turf grass specialist, and grass guru. I've seen someone in the industry call him grass guru, but I don't think there's a lawn question that you can ask that he has not seen or that he does not know the answer to. So go ahead and line up and get those questions in for Clint. Now, Margaret calling from Atlanta. I really like your question. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. So what have you tried? Well, we got this tree, uh, you know, that's supposed to bear three types of fruit. And, uh, oh, it's beautiful. It's full. We've had it for, somebody gave it to us as a gift. And it's about six or seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Blossoms all over it, but I don't know what to do. We haven't had any luck with any fruit yet. So is it just a year old? Oh, no, no, no. It's older, five or six years old. Oh, okay. So it's, wh- it's, wh- And I don't know if we should have pruned it and what, what do we fertilize it with. Yeah, so what you've got there is a fruit salad tree. I absolutely love that. So many can be grafted on the same tree. Apples, pears, citrus fruits can be grafted to make either like a multi-apple or multi-pear, multi-citrus tree. Those things are really, really cool. They've got to be pruned, though, judiciously to make sure that no limb dominates or shades out the others and also to let air pass through to prevent from insects and disease and things like that. So... Pruning and trimming are just so important for a balanced crown to ensure proper fruit production. And so I would start with that. And it's really hard to explain to you over the phone kind of how to prune. But basically, when you're pruning fruit trees, and you may want to have someone who's specialized, like an arborist or something, um, give them a call and have them maintain it for you. It's going to be worth it. I mean, it'll it'll pay you back in dividends for sure. But there's a heading cut where you remove just part of a shoot or a limb, a thinning cut. That's where you take out an entire limb, which you often need to do if it becomes too crowded and the limbs are crossing one another. And yeah, a good fertilization um, regimen is always a good idea there too, Margaret. And it needs to be pollinated, you know, so if you've got active pollinators flying throughout your yard, that's going to be great. So what I would do is call your local extension office, 1-800-ASK-UGA-1 is how you can find the one there for Fulton County, 1-800-ASK-UGA-1, and tell them you've got a fruit salad tree and you need some help with pruning would be first and foremost, I would say. And they can mail you a publication um, on how to prune it if you want to do it yourself or put you in touch with someone who can. I think that's going to be number one and then getting on a fertilization regimen. And then maybe by this time next year, you'll have some fruit. Thank you so much for the call and teaching us a little bit about that. That is fantastic. Bob and Marietta getting rid of weeds. I think that's going to be a common theme through today. And Ed and Shambly, a fescue lawn. It's just not looking real good. So Clint Waltz, my guest coming up, will help us with those. Coming up on 719, you're listening to 95.5 WSB. We'll be back. You may have to work from home, but who says you can't have your friends over? Listen to Eric Von Hessler, Eric Erickson, and Mark Aram live on your smart speaker. Tell your device, play 95.5 WSB. Even if you're in the car, a lot less these days. We're so grateful that you're still finding ways to listen to us on WSB. We're happy to be here for you and hopefully a little bit of levity over the weekends with some of our programming. And as you heard Robin Walensky mention, 
University of Georgia football game. We're going to play that later today. So stay tuned right here. We'll be here for you throughout this crisis and always when you turn to us. The weather update sponsored by Finley Roofing. Scattered light showers. A lot of those are moving out. So it's going to be sunny, high around 70, lows in the upper 40s. But then tomorrow, scattered showers and thunderstorms. All of those are turning to severe storms later. So be weather aware Sunday night into Monday. 90% chance of showers no matter where you are in metro Atlanta. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. We devised this, kind of try to update this once an hour for you so you don't get overwhelmed in the yard. Three really timely, basic things to do this weekend. Many of you paid attention to the weather. It got a little cold at the beginning of the week, but plant those tomatoes and peppers right now. Now you can finally get out and start your vegetable garden. I would say 26 to 30 inches apart for tomato. You can refer to my Facebook page later today for a good ingredient list for the soil in your raised bed garden. Number two, spray azaleas with insecticidal soap. If you've had azalea lace bug problems in the past, you got to be looking out for those. Organic products are bonide, insecticidal soap, or Captain Jack's dead bug brew. And number three, today I am planting my amaryllis outside. Plant it right at the surface of the soil. You know, it's a bulb, so it needs bright shade. Water it immediately and then plan on bringing it back inside in September. And that'll kind of get back on a regular blooming regimen. If you're lucky, maybe it bloomed for you at Christmas and it'll bloom again this summer. Who knows? 404-872-0750. I've got my guest on the line with us. So happy to have him here. Clint Waltz from the University of Georgia, turf grass specialist. How are you, Clint? I'm doing well this morning, Ashley. How are you? Great. I've really been looking forward to this. And having you on this time of year is so timely. Folks are, as you said, looking out their home office window and going, huh, I've got a grass. I've got a lawn that I haven't really paid attention to, and I'm home a lot more now. So kind of give us an update on what spring is bringing to homeowners right now. Well, grasses are greening up, or at least our warm season species. So things like Bermuda grass and zoysia grass, which are very popular in the Atlanta area. Um, and, and you'd be surprised there's a good bit of centipede and St. Augustine grass around uh, the Atlanta area as well. But uh, th- those are warm season grasses, and they're greening up, and they're coming on. And uh, they were looking really good as far as it goes with uh, green up uh, first part of the month. Yeah. And then uh, here the last week, 10 days, um, they've, they've slowed up a good bit. Um, and uh, that's just a response to environmental cues. We've cooled down. Uh, soil temperatures have, have kind of started to, to, to cool back a little bit as a result of um, some of these cooler days and cooler nights that we've had. Um, I've had reports this past week of um, some Bermuda grass and zoysia grass lawns both kind of going off cover real quick. Hmm. And um, I think that's a response to, and I've had reports as well, of some light frost that occurred last, um, what was it, last Sunday morning, I believe it yes, was? Yes, early um, in the week. It cooled off. I was monitoring soil temperatures hovering in the low 60s, and then they dipped down to like the mid-50s in some places. So, Clint, we're definitely going to talk more about that. And already some great calls, but we want yours. If you have a lawn question, you're going to get the best advice here this morning. 404-872-0750. Taking a quick break, but stay with us on 95.5 WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. So when you go outside and you're looking around and then you close your eyes, what's the first thing that you want to see when you open your eyes that's green? 
I bet your answer is your lawn. You're seeing a lot more of it these days. Your home, the kids are wanting to be outside playing. Even if you've got a balcony, even if you've got just a small patio or something, you want to see greenery too. So we're here to help with anything you want to try. Maybe plant some annuals, trying uh, tomatoes and small pots. We've gotten a lot of good questions this morning, but I'm so glad to be joined by Extension Turf Grass Specialist, Clint Waltz. Clint, you're very well known in the industry and throughout the Southeast for all of your knowledge on grasses. So we're going to have a lot of calls for you. Are you ready? I am. <laughs> I love it. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Up first, we've got Ed and Shambly. Ed, you've got a question, and you're you're a little bit of your wits end with a fescue lawn, huh? Uh, absolutely. Actually, <laughs> but I just looked outside while I was on hold. It was dark, and now it's light, and I can actually see some of it sprouting up. So I'm okay. uh, uh, in a positive mindset right I now. I love with it. it. But, but, yeah, I planted it two weeks ago, and um, it just didn't seem like it was sprouting up. So the germination was, uh, I think, seven to ten days for the Atlanta blend, and I wasn't seeing anything. So maybe it was just a delayed issue, but uh, it, it seems to be showing a little bit of green out there. So maybe I'm uh, just a little bit ahead of myself. Is there a reason why it might have been delayed over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, there's there's kind of a couple things with that, and it's always hard to tell. Um, one is... is moisture um you know when i have homeowners call with some more kind of questions and you ask are you keeping it wet yeah i'm keeping it wet and um so that's the thing is is one of the things is is moisture so if you're if you're keeping it good and moist and, and wet is not the right term moist is what you want um you don't want it sopping wet out there but you do want to keep the the, the seed wet and thing folks have to remember is once you start irrigating seed and it starts the germination process, there is no turning back. There is no pause button. Once you start the biological processes of germination, you cannot stop. So the, the moisture has to be there for it to continue on um, on it. And as, as dry as we've been, and, and this is a hard thing for me really to say, considering how wet we were through December, January, February, and March, but as dry as we've been end of March and now into April, you know, a little bit of dryness could wind up uh, stifling things. The other is, and probably the biggest factor, is the soil temperatures. Um, soil temperatures over the last week to, to seven days, seven to ten days, um, have actually kind of stabilized and fallen back a little bit, as cool as we've been. So, yes, that Atlanta, mark, uh, Atlanta blend will germinate in seven to ten days, but that's when soil temperatures are probably 65. 70, 75 degrees, and we just haven't been there yet. So tall fescue will germinate a little bit lower than that, but the rate of germination is going to be slower underneath the environmental conditions we've had the last 10 days. So those are probably the two biggest reasons why you've seen it just maybe a little slower than what you anticipate, um, but uh, stay diligent. And, Ed, it's really important, too. Fescue likes that really good fall application. That's when it's got cooler temperatures a little bit. And correct me if I'm wrong, Clint, but also time to really just set in. And in the fall is really when it's hardy. So you've got to do a good seed application like mid-October as well, too. But you've got to stay on a regimen, right? And I would probably actually a little bit earlier, um, but okay. that's that's right. The best time to seed tall fescue is really in the fall of the year. And what happens there is the soil temperature is still warm. You get germination. And as the soil temperatures and season starts to cool, that cool season grass with its tall fescue will come on. It will, will do well through the fall into the winter. And then you've got the spring growing season uh, for it to really establish a good root system before we move into the stress periods of June, July, August, and September, um, early September on it. So, a spring seeding of tall fescue, I guess what I would 
caution Ed is hopefully he has enough seed left over that he can go back and reseed a little bit this uh, mid-September. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, it might be wise to go out and purchase um, uh, some more from the same seed lot. That way it doesn't um, um, look different. And then just put it in a cool place in his garage or, or, or storage facility or what have you, um, and then be willing to come back out and reseed some of it, um, seed back in into some of that um, next September, early October. So, Ed, going back to what you said, I think we're in a pretty positive place. You feel pretty good about that? Yes, I do. Uh, much better than when I first called in at 7 o'clock this morning. <laughs> daylight. You shed some daylight on the issue and look at that. Well, thank you so much for the call. And if you ever need any more help with it, please feel free to give us a call back, okay? Thank you all so much. Awesome. Have a great day. 404-872-0750. Bob up in Marietta. Hey, Bob, what can we help you with today? Hey, I got told you. Uh, first, I would like to thank you and commend you for your sensitiveness to callers on hold. Oh, thanks. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. That's okay. I live, I live in a very wooded area, mostly pine trees and a few oak trees. I have no grass, and I want no grass. <laughs> okay. But sometimes I can have knee-high weeds. And aside from hiring a landscaping company, which I cannot afford, how can I get rid of the weeds? So I think Bob's got the best of uh, best of all worlds there, Clint, because <laughs> you don't have to worry about it interrupting any of the grass growth. If right. you just want to keep that wooded area and you would love it just to be pine straw or just natural ground cover or whatever, what would you recommend as just the best overall weed killer? That's that's really an easy question um, on this one. It's it's one that uh, a non-selective herbicide and, and really the the best one out there is glyphosate. So a glyphosate containing pro- product, um, the best known out there is, is Roundup. Um, the nice thing about that one is there's no root uptake. Yeah. So um, at uh, at labeled rates, you can go out on on it and kill his weeds and not worry about it getting in the soil and really getting any root uptake for from his trees or anything along those lines. Um, and uh, so that, that, that'll that wind up killing off uh, the weeds and, and grass and, and anything else and, and won't affect those, those um, established trees. So as Clint said, non-selective, guys, for all of you wondering, what does that mean? The weed killer does not select what it targets and what it doesn't. Non-selective mean it, it just kills everything above ground that it comes in contact with pretty much. But like you said, it's not going to get down into the root system of established trees and, you know, maybe hardier shrubs nearby. Um, and be careful, too, on a breezy day. When you, right. when you spray, spray glyphosate, you know, it's not just going where you spray it. There is carryover in the air. Um, I wanted to ask you before we get into more calls to Clint, though, one of the most common is, you know, what's just a, an overall good weed killer I can use, a selective weed killer generally in my lawns. And I don't know, you know, if it's going to really matter if you've got Bermuda versus fescue versus centipede, but one of the ones I go to first, and you tell me your thoughts, is something like a bonide weed beater complete. Something that, you know, maybe has a little bit of a pre-emergent in it, but a post-emergent that's treating the weeds that you see now. Right. What's your recommendation on just a good go-to? Um, the, that there are very few that are just, you know, you go, all right, go pick that one off the shelf, and that's okay. the one absolutely that, that gets, every, you know, is, is a nice selective of herbicide that, that takes care of weeds or, or grassy weeds and broadleaf weeds yeah. um, and, and provides some long-term protection. They, 
there's a few formulations of some stuff that's close to that, but but not really complete. Um, but um, many times this time of year, we're seeing broadleaf weeds in lawns. So those are things like dandelion and henbit and chickweed and things like that. So any of those products that contain um, active ingredients that like 2,4-D, MCPA and dicamba. Typically, those three together are, are put together, and we refer to them as those three-way type products. And my guess is that bonide that you mentioned probably has those three in it. Um, and, and those three herbicides, the 2,4-D, the MCPA, and the um, dicamba, they work synergistically. So they work better together than they oh. do individually. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see those prepackaged together in, in those for broadleaf weeds. And um, that's that's an excellent one. And if it's got a little dab of a of a pre-emergence in there as well, something like pendimethalin or prodiamine or dithiapyr, um, and I know I'm throwing out some of those ex, you know scientific funny words there. It's good to but hear those them. Are the though. active ingredients and and they're on the label. They yes. have to be by law. Mm-hmm. So you look for some of those words on there. So if it's got a little dab of a pre-emergence in there, that can be of benefit as well. So just for myself and the listener, just your average run-of-the-mill homeowner. I think all of these companies do a really fantastic job of making it clear. I mean, of course, they're going to make the label and the bag look really pretty and really attractive and colorful. But hone in on the words, not so much the pictures, but really hone in on the words of that bag. And the label is important on the back, too. It'll tell you if you're trying to treat. You don't have to know what weeds you have necessarily. But maybe if you can identify the difference between I got a grassy weed, I got a broadleaf weed, and then kind of narrow your search from there, right? Absolutely, yep. And uh, I guess I'll borrow a term that I heard years ago from a one of your your well-known uh, WSBA uh, um, um, My hosts predecessor, there, Howard, yeah. the, the mice type. Um, many times those, those labels and, and those active ingredients, they don't make those big words. Those are very small words. So as I get older, I'm finding I've got to take my, my cheater glasses with me to read those <laughs> at, the, at the big box retail stores or, or garden centers. And the label is there for you because it's very good. I mean, it's even got graphs and charts telling you what grass it's safe for. And sometimes there are a few that it is not recommended on. So you want to be careful of that. But also it's tells you when to apply it. I mean, and maybe you need to apply it, you know, again in four or six weeks or whatever, but it, it helps you. The label's there to help. That's absolutely correct, and, and it's really kind of critical on some. So that, that combination of three herbicides that I just mentioned, the um, the 2,4-D, the MCPA, sometimes you'll see MCPP in it. They're, mm-hmm. they're very close to each other. They're different, but they're very close. So MCPA or MCPP um, and dicamba. You put those on St. Augustine grass this time of year during transition or even centipede grass this time during transition, and you can harm those grasses um, um, significantly uh, on those. So Bermuda grass and zoysia grass will be more tolerant to that combination. St. Augustine and centipede, I'd probably wait until they're actively growing, so sometime mid to late May before I'd wind up applying those. And in those situations, so if you've got somebody out there with a centipede or St. Augustine grass lawn, uh, my recommendation right now for those is Let's just mow the grass and let our let our lawnmower kind of be our weed control a little bit, go. and just keep those those weeds mowed down um, uh, on it. And that puts some stress on the weeds. Many times these winter annual weeds, as you start to warm up a little bit, and mowing pressure on them or mowing stress on them is enough to to cause them to check out and bring the grass on through. And so, so many of the weeds that we saw over the winter time, I mean, I'm noticing a lot of like basket grass and just stuff that crawls and is just all over. <laughs> a lot of that's driving me crazy and it's very easy to yank out, but it's going to die off pretty soon anyways, right? So. That's right. Um, now, 
again, we'll go back to, to the environmental conditions we've had recently. Um, as cool as we've been, it's kind of almost given us a revigoration a little bit because it's, it's moved back into to some very, envir- uh, very conducive conditions for, for some of uh, those weeds. Uh, two weeks ago when it was hitting upper 70s and into the 80s, you know, those were starting to struggle a little bit because it was getting hot. And then, uh, then we cool off again. So it's kind of almost uh, giving them a shot in the yeah, arm. Yeah, it's a, a pump fake. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah exactly, like a pump fake. <laughs> and um, so those are likely to, to, to revigorate a little bit. But if we warm up and stay warm, you'll see those um, start to die off. It's part of their life cycle, their annual uh, annual plants. So they, they do their life cycle in a year. And um, you put a little mowing stress on them, and you'll see them check out a little bit quicker than if you didn't. Good, good. That's easier easier than uh, most other treatments. Well, Clint is going to stick around, and we definitely have your calls coming up. Josiah in Stone Mountain, a question about zoysia lawn. we got Bermuda lawn question from Michael and Gwinnett. And uh, some azalea leaf gall. Ooh, I know the answer to that one. So more of your calls, 404-872-0750. Coming up on Green and Growing, I'm Ashley Frasca, and we will be back after this. The news and information you need and the entertainment you crave. Atlanta's News and Talk is on 95.5 WSB and streaming live on your PC or laptop at wsbradio.com. Even though I work early every morning, I never really pay attention to when the sun rises. But guess what? It has already started. So it's getting daylight out there. You're waking up. It's a little wet. We had some showers early on, but those are going to be moving on for the day. Weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. A high around 70 today. It's going to be nice, but then scattered showers and thunderstorms likely. Even severe storms possible again Sunday night into Monday morning. So you want to be weather aware. And meteorologist Kirk Mellish recommends you sign up for our WSB radio app and allow us to send you push notifications when the weather gets harried in your area. All right, we got Clint Waltz from the Extension uh, office at University of Georgia answering some lawn questions. We've got about a minute here, Clint, and I want to help Josiah in Stone Mountain, who's been patiently waiting on hold. Hey there. Hey. All right, so a zoysia lawn, what do you want to do with it, or what is it doing that you don't want it to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just it just seems like um, the property um, was had some zoysia put in and we don't think that the guys um, actually prepped it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of hard, but the area that I'm concerned about is a little bit off color. It's kind of brown with some of the leaf blades that aren't totally green. It gets plenty of sun in this area, so I'm at a loss. How big of an area? Um, it's about 200 square feet, oh. maybe. <clears throat> oh, boy. Okay. Well, that's that's bigger than I thought. What do you think? Well, it's that's about a half a pallet or, or thereabouts on it. So you know, from a turf perspective, I wouldn't say that's a particularly big area. But um, what what caught my attention there that he said was is the site prep, and uh, you know that's one of those things that you only get one opportunity to do it right. So um, mm-hmm. Mom always used to say, any job worth doing is worth doing right the first time. And uh, so if if they didn't get that properly tilled and that's good hard soil that they put it on. What I suspect happens there is we don't have a tremendous root depth on it, and as a result, that plant is just kind of, it, it hadn't got uh, all the energy it needs to, to get going just yet. Zoysia grasses are fairly hardy grass, so um, if you give it time, my guess is it will come on, it will be fine. Um, it may look a little different right now, and that may be just a, a result of, of poor site prep. Um, I'll say some other things that I have noticed in the area. You said Stone Mountains, where Josiah is, correct? Uh-huh, that's right. Rock outcroppings. 
Um, they're are fairly common through North Georgia, but um, you know you, you got that big old rock out there, and and it yeah. has little spots all around. I've seen some thin soils in in areas uh, in landscapes. So um, if he's got a thin soil, that could be a contributor right there too. Again, you just don't have enough uh, root zone for for that grass to get in, and as a result, the plant is responding to to some of those kind of conditions. Is is what I suspect. So is Clint, happening. we've we've got about thirty seconds here, so we want to kind of wait, give it a little bit of time. But is there anything he can be doing in the meantime or just sit and wait sit and wait would be a better thing um if anything uh he may want to just drop his mowing height a little bit um and and pull out any of the old uh grass and so this would be one of those rare times i'd recommend bagging um and the objective there is getting as much sunlight down to the soil surface and trying to warm that soil up and stimulate that that warm season grass that zoysia grass as much as possible as we start to move deeper into the spring. Great. That okay. might be the easiest thing to kind of get it stimulated. I wouldn't fertilize at this point. Yeah. I think you, it's still a little early for that. Well, we always are just sitting on the edge of our seat waiting to do something. So thank yep. you so much for that, Clint and Josiah. Thanks for the call. We will be back with more of your lawn questions. Thanks for listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.